Good evening, and welcome to episode 26 of Nightmare Theater, an open book club for nightmares. If you have a nightmare that you'd like me to read on stream, feel free to send it as an email to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. Tonight, uh, I'll be interviewing, or I have interviewed already, someone with sleep paralysis and hypnagogic hallucinations. Now, this interview was a little bit quiet. There were some mistakes of on the audio from my end. Uh, I didn't turn up my guest quite enough, so unfortunately what that means in the end is that my voice is going to be a bit loud. There's also a bit of sirens going on in the background, which you'll have to forgive, I'm afraid. But without further ado, please enjoy this interview I did with Maury. As we discussed many times on this channel previously, sleep paralysis is a phenomenon that occurs regularly in 5% of the population. It can happen both when waking up and falling asleep. It happens, sleep paralysis, uh, due to a process in the brain called atonia, uh, where your brain shuts down your body's ability to move in an attempt to prevent it from harming itself during dreaming. Um, however, in individuals with sleep paralysis, you end up still awake while atonia is engaged, so you're unable to move, but you're still conscious and your eyes are open, you're still in the real world, and this is something referred to as the hypnagogic state. During the hypnagogic state, people experience powerful hallucinations. They can be visual, kinesthetic, or auditory. Today I'll be talking to Maury, who has experienced sleep paralysis for over 20 years. Welcome, Maury. Awesome. So I wanted to start by asking how many uh, episodes of sleep paralysis have you had every week, month, or year, would you say? Um, it's, it's pretty irregular. Honestly, it's not something I can put on a schedule. Uh, sometimes it's, if it's getting really bad, it's flaring up, I guess I could say. It could be twice a week, sometimes it might be once a month, or sometimes I might go you know, a couple of years and not have experience. Um, hmm. Would you say it's related to what's going on in your life at the time? Like if you're in a period of higher stress, would you have it more often? I would notice, um, so I get to the point where I want to try and attempt to recreate it or to you know, manifest it in a way it gets. Um, it's nothing too major seems to happen, I guess, from my point of view. I guess you can say, you know, when a child, there's a lot of changes going on. Things happening, evolving as a person. I notice I do have a lot more lucid dreams uh, during that kind of time. Since then, they've kind of fallen off. Um, and the lucid dreams and the sleep process almost seem to pair together. Uh, sometimes, like when I'm having more life event, does that make sense? Sorry, um, it sounds like sort of your end. The ends of your sentences trail off. It might have to do something with the mic. I didn't catch that last part. Well, I was saying um, lucid dreaming. Um, I would have a lot of growing up. You know, during the time that you're kind of growing and evolving as a person. Um, I noticed uh, they kind of go hand in hand with me. If I'm having one, uh, say, lucid dream, then I'll also be more likely to have sleep paralysis um, or vice versa. 
Interesting. And did you say that you tried to have sleep paralysis, or did I misunderstand? No, I, I definitely did. Um, after having it a couple of times, it's you know, pretty freaky. You're never really quite prepared for it. Um, so I, I tried to prepare for it, so that you know, maybe I could just experiment with it, uh, see what happens. And I would notice that it's not necessarily changes in my life, I don't think, but maybe certain activities I did during the day. Uh, like say, if I'm really active right before I go to bed, I'm physically active, um, I'll be more likely to experience sleep paralysis. Interesting. So that, yeah, that was kind of my test thing was doing nothing before going to bed and then being kind of like, I guess, hyper physically active right before trying to go to sleep. Uh, that was kind of the gist of my experiment. Interesting. And you're saying that when you first had it, that was sort of when it was the most intense, correct? Yeah, my very first experience, something I never really quite forgot. I could go into the story. Um, sure. If you want. I would like that. Yeah, I was, like I said, it was about third or fourth grade that I had it. Um, and I remember it was, because they say it happens either, you know, as you're waking up or before you go to sleep. Um, and the, the thing that was strange about it, I didn't know anything about it at the time, but, you know, further on down the years I did some research, um, trying to figure out what was going on. But I remember that night, I felt like I, I never really fell asleep at all. From my point of view, you know, it was my bedtime. Went into my room, laid down, had all the lights off. There was a hallway light on that kind of flooded into my room. And um, I had only just laid down. And I was looking around my room, uh, you know, looking for ghosts or boogeyman, whatever, you know, in the dark. <laughs> and uh, I came across the back of my door. Um, which is the darkest part of my room. And I started to think, you know, it's unusually dark behind my door. And I kept staring at it for a couple of minutes. I never laid down, never got comfortable. I was just sort of eyeing the room. And I noticed the shadows behind the door kind of started to move a little bit. Um, you know, I freaked out. I tried to, to get up and run out the door, and that's when I realized that I couldn't move at all. Um, wow. And I started freaking out now because I didn't have any control of my body, and I'm sitting there looking at these shadows moving, and then it kind of, like a 3D shadow, I guess you would, I don't know how to really explain it. Like it had depth to it in a way, a person, but it was a shadow, and it, came out from behind the door, traveled along the wall, and then came off the wall uh, to the side of my bed. And you know, my, my breathing got heavy. I still couldn't move. Uh, I tried to call out for my mom, and my voice didn't work. And it was kind of like a, like a harsh, raspy whisper was about all I could get. And, uh, picked me up and I had this weird drawing kind of 
you know, gasp for breath or whatever. And uh, I finally was able to move my hand and ended up uh, poking it where I thought its eyes would be if it had them. And uh, I got into this like distant screen. It, kind of, it didn't sound like it was right next to me, even though I could see it. It sounded like the screen kind of far off backed up and faded into the wall and heard my bed springs, you know, kind of going off as I landed in bed. And I was finally able to move, I was able to speak, talk my lung. It felt like to me I was there for, I don't know, what, what, at least 15 minutes or so it felt like. My mom said I had only just went in the room to lay down. I mean, maybe it was just a turn of phrase for her saying I just went it, it seemed like the sense of time that passed by for me was a bit off from what she experienced. That was my very first encounter with it, one that I never really forgot about. Wow, that's so intense. I have like 17 questions that I want to ask about that, and I'm just going to try to stay organized. But um, first, um, did you say that it, it picked you up? Um, yeah, it, I mean, you know, whether or not it, it actually did. Right. I never really know. Yeah. But because... I, I do remember being off of my bed. And, you know, my bed faces my door. Well, at the time, it faced the door. And the side of my bed was against the wall or towards the wall. It was about maybe five feet in between my bed and the wall. And I was off of my bed dangling in midair but yeah it at least felt like it, it picked up but from what i remember wow yeah because yeah the, one of the things i was going to ask you is you know they can have visual hallucinations kinesthetic hallucinations that would definitely be probably a kinesthetic hallucination if you like you, you really believe that it's uh, a lot of people experience the feeling of being dragged out of bed, for example. I've never heard actually being picked up, though. That's extremely intense. Yeah, I've heard of being dragged around, sort of. I've heard about that. Hmm. And then, obviously, that was a visual hallucination as well. Um, what did you hear, though, in terms of auditory hallucinations, if anything at all? Um, I mean, as far as the hallucination aspect, I mean, I could hear things around the house. TV, things like that. Um, but as far as what I could actually hear that wouldn't have been in the house normally, I guess, was the sound that it made when it had picked me up. Um, I never really had a way to explain what it sounded like until like years later when like the Harry Potter movies came out. It's, it's a pretty lame reference, but the Death Eaters. And Harry Potter, I don't know if you've ever watched the movies. I'm sure you have. Yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to think of what sound the Death Eaters make. Do you mean yeah, the was... Do you mean the Dementors? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the Dementor, the, the cloaked kind of they flew around and sucked out all your happiness. Oh, uh, so it made the noise of the soul sucking? Yeah, about oh. about that kind of noise. Because I remember when I saw the movie for the first time, heard that kind of like. I wouldn't say triggered me, but it kind of, you know, brought back some flashbacks. Oh my god, yeah, because they yeah, that sounds exactly. Wow. I wonder if they were based on 
like the the shadow person because that's a very common you know hypnagogic hallucination like i wonder if she based them on that that's kind of an interesting thought um yeah maybe uh, another thing that I picked up on from your first experience there is that it was while you were falling asleep and you also said that you know sometimes when you're very physically active before bed you'll tend to have it so in general would you say that you tend to have your sleep paralysis as you're falling asleep more than waking up have you ever had it waking up it's it is more along the lines of as I'm trying to fall asleep um, but uh, there probably were a couple of times in between um, just throughout the years that I had it upon waking up. Um, and in, in fact, now that I talk about it, it has happened quite a few times. It's sort of minus all the auditory and visual aspects, and it's more just straight paralysis. That tends to happen if I sleep on my stomach, um, and it's kind of dangerous for me, I guess, because it has happened a few times, and I don't sleep on my stomach anymore because of it, because um, I kind of sleep, you know, you got your head in your pillow, you're sleeping on your stomach, but when I wake up, and I, I, I do find out I, I can't move my body, my face is also buried in my pillow, and it leads me to really not be able to breathe um so i'm sort of slowly suffocating in my pillow as my body refuses to move and it's that's a it's a pretty scary experience and that's kind of why you know i don't sleep on stomach anymore because that tends to happen wow but that's happened quite a few times yeah but the actual content of your hallucinations is different when you're waking up as a like even if you're on your back waking up is it it's different hallucination content than when you're falling asleep? Um, yeah, when I'm on my back, I don't experience it upon waking. I'll usually experience it upon going to sleep. Uh, but when I'm on my stomach, I won't experience it upon waking or upon uh, going to sleep, but I'll experience it upon waking. But they, they're, they're kind of almost, depending on which way I sleep, depends on which, you know, how I'm going to get the sleep paralysis if I get it at all. Um, but for uh, upon waking, upon going to sleep on my stomach, I, I won't really experience any uh, hallucinations at all. It's it's sort of just me being paralyzed. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard, that's actually I think the most common. Um, I've heard my brother describe. He has sleep paralysis, but he doesn't have any hallucinations. So, yeah, I've, that's interesting. Um, and in terms of sleep paralysis demons of course this is you know one of the things that's most interesting to people and your first uh demon if we want to call it that sounds like uh you know kind of a, a shadowed uh, sorry i tried to say two words at once a shadow person um have you had any other sleep paralysis demons like when you tend to hallucinate is it always the same figure or the different ones um that one the original one I had was sort of a one-off. Um, I, I never really saw it again. Hmm. Um, and there have there's been other times where I've experienced hallucinations, and it it's not so much that I see anything, but it's the feeling that something else is in the room, or or something is is near you, or 
uh, you know, your body gets uh, what they call it. Um, it's kind of something in, in the trait of humans. They kind of can sense something's near and the hairs in the back of your head stand up and all that. Um, okay. Like a defense reaction. Our body kind of gets that. You get that feeling that somebody's standing just right over me, right behind me. Oh. I don't see anything. But it doesn't feel good. You know? like, it doesn't feel like my that sounds so uncomfortable yeah it's, it's deeply uncomfortable and I don't see it but I feel it and I can hear the voices when it happens usually it's just I've heard other people say they get the same thing it's kind of like just your name being called oh no that's not good yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awkward and the whole time I'm, I'm just you know, forcing my body to move around trying to get it to sneak up out of it to like you know, just force um, and when I wake up or finally snap out of it I'll question people in the house like hey did you hear me say anything or did you did anybody call my name anything everyone nobody said anything just in their sleeping wow okay, you say something <laughs> I heard of this one sleep paralysis demon that some people have that's referred to as the cuddler and it's a kinesthetic hallucination but it's this sensation if you're lying on your side that there's someone behind you and then sometimes you can even feel an arm wrapped around you uh, yeah that doesn't sound uh, that doesn't sound very confident yeah so so it's kind of reminded me like like the the one thing you were saying like you feel the presence but i guess you don't physically feel the presence you just know that someone's there watching you and you can maybe kind of see them in your peripheral vision or do you have somebody like full on like pressed up right behind you touching you ever no um okay no i've never felt that it is pretty much just the feeling that someone's okay all right um and you partially answered this question already but i was going to ask if the frequency or the hallucination content changed over time of course you said that your first hallucination hallucination was unique and that it's sort of different but the other part to that question is do you think that your hallucinations mirror your life or do you think that there's there's ever something different about one in particular that's reflective of something that's going on in your life It was, it's kind of hard to pinpoint uh, that exactly. My memory Fair at enough. times, it, admittedly, it gets fuzzier over the years. Um, just as we get older, it just kind of deteriorates. But sure. Um, I mean, there hasn't really been a point in my life where changes weren't happening. Um, I was pretty, like Papa was a Rolling Stone kind of deal vagabondish, uh, moving around place to place. There's always some changes. Um, but the times in which I would have it kind of seem to be when I'm reaching the end of, you know, like wearing out my welcome in a place. So I feel uh, when it's almost time to get moving again. Interesting. And it, it kind of like kind of flares out. I don't know if they're connected, or maybe it's coincidence. I'm not sure. It could but, be maybe uh, anxiety related to change. That could be it, what it is. 
it could be and um pretty much kind of yeah like from the beginning i first had it till now the content of it definitely has changed to being less dramatic or less uh fantastical i suppose um to more kind of cut and dry point blank you're having it here's you get this feeling and it's not so much as crazy i guess as the original so it has changed kind of in that way i guess sort of lesson mm. all right and then can you pinpoint like what the first you know major change might have been that triggered the original like life change i mean uh, look i mean looking back on it i felt i mean i felt pretty set up you know like it, nothing really felt too topsy-turvy i had often like moved from school to school and school just over my life but at that point i was i'd pretty much been in one for a few years i was, I was kind of feeling pretty like regular i guess like normal like i got i wasn't the one finally like moving you know, it felt like you know, everything was good. Mom was taking care of everything. School, I had, you know, girl I'd, I'd go see next door. Hmm. Everything felt good. It didn't feel like anything was really, anything crazy was happening. Interesting. I, yeah, I can't recall any sort of big change at that time. That's almost spookier in a way. Makes it makes it scarier that it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, was, I, I tried for a few years after that to figure out exactly why I got that certain experience. Mm. Um, and you answered this partially because you described the first episode as feeling like it was going forever. Um, and interestingly, I know this from reading, I've never really had sleep paralysis myself, but it only is supposed to last from a few seconds up to like three minutes tops. Um, but. I w was wondering if you could put a numeric value on how long the episodes feel. Um, let's see. Well, if I'm starting with the first one, um, just in the, the series of events that took place, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, it, it, it felt like it was probably close to about I guess 10 minutes. I say like he, he didn't, I, I didn't see it like come out from the door, like just quick. You know, like it was sort of drawn out, like building up suspense in a way. Um, just like slowly sauntered over uh, towards the bed and it felt like it took forever. Hmm. I'd say it was roughly 10 minutes, if not a little under. But, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why my mother had claimed I was only in there. Just, I had only just laid down. Um, I wasn't so convinced of that. <laughs> I felt something completely different than what she described as far as time goes. Interesting. Have you ever tried to get any sort of treatment for it, like hyp hypnotherapy or something like that? I haven't. Um, I had went to a psychologist for something completely unrelated, just some relationship stuff. Um, and I just happened to bring it up in a session. Just, hey, whatever. She knows something about it. Um, 
and they had mentioned, I mean, pretty much just, hey, we can do these sleeping pills if you want, or, you know, maybe it is just like stress. It's about as much as I ever got from a professional about it. But I never really sought out anybody that dealt with this kind of stuff hmm. as a profession. And likewise, what have I know you mentioned that you avoid sleeping on your stomach, but are there any techniques that you've maybe read about and employed that have improved the situation in any kind of way? Um, in, improved as in lessened uh, the ability to get sleep paralysis? Uh, well, I guess there's two parts. So, yeah, like uh, reduce the incidence and then also um, when you have it, is there a way that you figured out to deal with it better? Um, deal with it better? No. Uh, that's actually the thing I've been trying to do for quite a few years, but the like irregularity of it, I can never quite be prepared for it. Um, I say I'm prepared like already. I'll get in the position that normally leads me to having sleep paralysis, and then I'll go to bed and wake up just fine and nothing happens. It's like, ah. So your days, weeks, months, whatever go by, it might not happen. And then one night, just boom, there it is. And I'm completely caught off guard. I, I was prepared for it. And then by the time it got around, I completely forgot. And I'm no longer prepared. Um, I try in the midst of it. Um, okay, this is happening. I know what this is. Uh, just write it out. Don't get crazy. Don't get scared. Um, don't freak out. Just see see where this goes. And it just never works. Just that feeling of like uh, like dread, I guess, just surfaces up, even if you know what's happening. Oh, wow. It, 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 it won't seem to... It, it almost seems like it's being forced on you rather than you just experiencing it naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, like like tread embodied i guess it's <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it i know exactly what's happened Jeez. just can't seem to shake it off yeah and as far as like dealing with it and getting over it um I, I i tend to just sort of focus on my body despite it being paralyzed and um you ever tried to move your arm after it fell asleep or, or you know something like that yes it just sort of feels like nothing but you're you attempt to move it anyway it, it's kind of like that minus the tingly feeling um, you right. just sort of brute force it i guess um into actually moving which usually leads to me like jumping as if i've just had a nightmare and people around me will notice that portion they just don't see me doing anything during i've actually had people standing around me as sitting there going through sleep paralysis and they, they've got no idea they won't see me i can watch everybody do everything i'll even wake up and tell them you did this over here you talked to this person you said this this is on the tv and they've got no answers uh, as far as it so i can i don't know how they didn't see my eyes open if i'm seeing all that wow but uh, uh, that's about as much as i figured out as i deal with it it's just kind of sheer brute force your body and the 
Interesting. Yeah, I guess it's your subconscious is very like powerful in that regard. I've I've heard like theories as to why it's so terrifying, and it's probably just because your like parts of your brain, your unconscious part of your brain, is just not okay with being paralyzed essentially or realizing that you can't move and it's just that feeling of vulnerability that just i guess snowballs uh but yeah it's crazy to think that even when you're consciously telling yourself oh no we're fine it's just it's going to be over soon like even then your subconscious just you know builds that up that's insane it's it's sort of freaky and because i want to even though it's you know terrifying even though they really catches you up guard i want to stay in it but i don't um like i want to experience i want to see how far it can go hmm interesting you know, i, I want to test it see what happens You're i guess i'm just that type of person glutton for punishment <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time I'm, I'm overcome with that sense of dread and i'm, I'm just forcing myself to snap out of it anyway so like as I'm forcing myself to snap out of it, I'm like, stop. You want to see where this goes. This is what you wanted. It's infant. And the other part of my body is just like, I don't, I don't care what you're talking about. We're getting out of this. This is weird. And um, we're going to try and get this over with. Um, but as far as preventing it, I suppose, um, I've, I've found... Uh, Sometimes, at least, I haven't been able to perfectly recreate. Well, I guess you can say during the times it's not happened. Maybe that's me, you know, successfully recreating it um, to make it not happen. But I found I can't really be uncomfortable when I go to sleep. Um, I can fall asleep while I'm uncomfortable, but like I said that kind of tends to bring it on. Like if I've had a bunch of, if I've been working out right before I go to sleep. Um, my body is still sort of, you know, on that adrenaline rush. It still sort of wants to go and move around. Hmm. Um, so it's not really ready to go to sleep, but my brain is tired. Uh, so I'm think, uh, started thinking, you know, maybe that's what's causing me. I'm just too active before I go to sleep, and I need to have a good couple of hours of doing nothing before I actually tend to go to bed. And that's kind of been my routine now, making sure there's a couple of hours at night doing anything just lounging around being lazy then i go to sleep interesting and it it doesn't really happen but i've got to be completely comfortable no funny clothing stuff happening nothing like bang on me to make sure i'm I'm awake or to make sure it knows that i'm laying there i gotta feel completely immersed in my bed or whatever it is i'm sleeping in Mm -hmm. order for it to not happen okay so I guess that's one way in which it modifies your behavior. Would you say that it inspires creativity in any of your hobbies, or is it just something that you deal with? Um, I've it has um, kind of like a I feel like I'm a creative person, but I'm also a huge procrastinator, and uh, so I don't really get around to. Uh, doing a lot of things that might come to mind um, or I'll just say, oh, somebody's probably already done that. Um, but I've written a, a few short stories uh, years back. I, they never got published or anything. It's just sort of like a journal and I 
thread story and put it in a little blog. Um, what genre? I, um, I wouldn't even say that. I don't Kind of a bunch of them. Uh, action, fantasy. Uh, cool. Say post, not post-apocalyptic, but uh, I, I guess post-apocalyptic. Yeah, everything's kind of ruined, and it's a, a new form of life out there. Uh, and then, you know, I used to draw uh, a while back, and I guess you could say that would kind of factor into some of the drawings I did. Everything would be a little bit fuzzy, a little bit hazy. When I would draw it, it wasn't very crisp and sharp, uh, which kind of reflected how things look when you're in sleep paralysis. Nothing's really crisp. It always looks like there's just a, a glaze over your eyes, you know, a little bit foggy. Um, Interesting. Um, I know that probably your first experience was your scariest, but was there any other that was noteworthy in standing out for how scary it was? Um, yeah, that I think that would probably be the first time that I experienced sleep paralysis uh, upon waking up. Okay. Um, so it was the first going to sleep and then the first waking up. Two of the ones, because... I think the time in between when those happened was probably a few years. Um, so I kind of, I didn't really forget about it, but it, it sort of put it in the back of my mind. You know, okay, that was just a thing, put it in the memory bank, it's gone. Um, and then the very first time that I had sleep paralysis on waking up was a, a different sort of breakout because it was less fantastical, but I remember uh, being on a bed, we were at one of my mother's friend's house, and the door was open. It was daytime. I guess I was taking a nap, and I lay down, uh, you know, face down, had my head on the pillow, facing the door. And when I woke up, I could see my mother sitting on the couch in the room, and she's, you know, chit chatting with her friends. They're all having a good time, life, and. I can't move. I'm, I'm laying in the bed watching my guardian sit there and not realize that I'm literally paralyzed and can't go anywhere. And I'm also slowly suffocating my pillow because it's you know molding around my face, kind of lifts up over my mouth, and I feel like I can't breathe. I'm, I'm trying to like gasp for air, and it's nothing's happening I'm trying to push myself over um, I felt like I was slowly dying while watching my mother just continue with her life wow <laughs> and it, it was a bit traumatic um, small me to watch that I kind of blamed her a little bit after it happened like man I'm, I'm right here and you weren't paying any attention at all and it wasn't until you know like way later I realized that people they can't see you at all when you're doing this you kind of just assume you're doing what you were doing before and just sleeping mm -hmm. notice your things going on with you oh that's so freaky it was a bit traumatic to like kind of know that that's the person that's supposed to you know keep watch of you make sure everything's good and you're here in the ultimate not good position and they can't even tell 
Yeah, you're just trapped inside your own head. So freaky. Well, thanks for coming and talking with me, Maury. That was a, that was a lovely chat. Uh, I don't have much of an audience, but feel free to give a shout out to anything that you like. That's a. Uh, I don't really have anything to shout out. Uh, I'm not doing too much these days. I just like to come in here and talk to people, you know. All right. Some memories, experiences. That's about it. Fair enough. Well, thanks again so much. Man, I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, that was the interview. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. That'll be uploaded at like 10.15, I think, just if like in case you wanted to watch just the interview part again, uh, that'll be there. Uh, so now what I do at this point in the live stream normally, for those of you who are new, is I read Reddit nightmares. Or if people submit me nightmares, which you can do to theforgottengrove at gmail.com, I read those, usually towards the end of the stream, because that's when there's sort of the most people watching generally. So, But before that, let's get into some nightmares from Reddit. This is a post by a user named Cole36514. The post is titled, this nightmare is my earliest memory. The post reads, I've had nightmares on and off my entire life. One of them is actually my earliest memory in life from when I was around three years old. It recurs every few months or so. Basically, when I was three, I had been staying in a small room across from my parents' room so they could check on me. A few days before this nightmare, I had moved to an upstairs room across the hall from my older sister, so this is probably what triggered it, if I'm guessing. So the dream starts off with me, age three, waking up in the middle of the night in my new room to a noise. The noise began as a sort of eerie, wind-like noise, but it was louder and even more haunting. I noticed it was coming from my window, which was letting in some pale light, probably from the street light outside our house or something. So I grabbed my teddy bear and got down out of bed, and walked slowly over towards the window to inspect the noise. When I looked out the window, I saw the full moon, and it was very close, way bigger than the sky in real life. I then started to look around at the window, expecting to see my front yard and the driveway, but nothing was there. Nothing. Aside from the moon, everything was black. Frightened, I quickly stepped away from the window and began looking around my room. I opened my door to the hallway, seeing if anything else was this way. Everything else was normal, so I closed my door and went back to the window. The noise was growing louder at this point, and was morphing into an almost faint choir chant, sort of. I continued staring out of the window at the moon, young me trying to make sense of it all when the noise stopped altogether. Just then, a spot started to form on the moon. A soft, black mass started to grow bigger and bigger until the moon was almost completely black. As I continued to stare, I looked down at the black mass, starting to crawl its way over the window and seal and into my room. The mass looked like cells multiplying, forming lumps and covering every surface they touched. 
The noise began again and sounded like bodily noises, heartbeats, stomach growls, breathing. Now terrified, I sprinted down the stairs and could see it following behind me. As I continued toward my parents' room through the dining and living room, everything I saw was covered by it and it turned black and monotone. I ran through their bedroom and saw my parents standing at the door to greet me, but were completely solid black shadow figures. The only point of contrast on them were, were their mouths and eyes that were letting out white light. They kept asking, what's wrong? What's wrong? In strange voices as they repeated, as they repeated it, their voices dropped in pitch and their faces began to start into scary, almost cartoony demons. While this was going on, I could see the black mass had now started to fill their room, coming through the other doors and windows. Right when it was about to reach us, that's about when the dream ends for me. I woke up in their bed the next morning, and I remember asking them about my nightmare. They said they kept asking me what was wrong, and I wouldn't say anything. I would just cry, so they let me stay in their bed. I've never been able to make sense of this dream, and I still have it very uh, every now and then, but it still feels as real as it did then. I've probably re-experienced it 50 times since age 3. That's a very beautifully uh, written nightmare, I think. Um, and I'd like to take a crack at interpreting it. I mean, yeah, my, my first thought was that maybe it's just a feeling of like existential angst, but that, then again, you wouldn't really expect that from a three-year-old. Just the notion of, you know, the, the darkness and just being very aware of those like bodily sounds, like heartbeats and breathing and whatnot. Uh, that was my first thought, but we can look at uh, some other things on the interpretation chart here. So your parents, I mean, first of all, it kind of sounds like a night terror as well, I should mention, because you wake up um, and you are, you're kind of seeing your parents in the dream. And then when you wake up, you're in their room. And I don't think you fell asleep in their room. So you're actually becoming, um, yeah, I think that you're actually traveling to their room in the night. So you're probably sleepwalking or having a night terror. So this is happening in deep sleep. Now, your parents are dark figures in the nightmare, which if you look in the middle here could indicate doubt or uncertainty about your future or you're experiencing a significant change in your life. And the figure can be human or not. So I don't know if that could be what is represented by your parents. But they're also sort of imposters in the sense that their faces are distorting and you know that they're technically your parents, but they don't feel like your parents. So this could indicate that you suspect that they're untrustworthy or not who they appear to be. Or it could be a more general warning to protect yourself, your information, or your psychological space. So I don't know if maybe when you were young something happened with your parents that would make you maybe question your trust in them. But that could be what sort of is triggering it here. Anyway, that was a very uh, haunting nightmare. I really enjoyed reading that. And I hope that you got something out of those interpretations. This is a post by usernamed Noinuskid. 
The post is titled, Death Surrounds Me. The post reads, I used to live by a school, so I dreamt that my current house was near the school, and I remember a terror attack coming from the school towards our house, and the terrorist reached my area. I hid as neighbors died. I spotted a cop car in front. When I saw the terrorist hadn't spotted me, I ran only to find no cop there. So I hopped in as the terrorist looked back at me, and I drove and drove. All this took place at night, so I thought it was a nightmare, but it scared me enough to drive back to my old house and stay there, where my sister answered the door and my parents were there and my family. I told them, and they said it was true it was happening at the school, but they blockaded it off. And I looked out the window, and uh, what I saw back at the same place with a different house. As the crowd ran the other direction, another terrorist came from the direction they ran to. He threw a bomb inside that managed to miss me. As my family screamed in agony, all I wanted to do was flee to get help. I thought the best way was through the back, heading to my neighbor's house in the back and running away from the uh, terrorist. When the neighbor approached me, Startled, I ran away from him back to the house in the front door where I woke up right now. Hmm. So that kind of sounds, I mean, well, I feel like it's pretty easy to interpret in terms of it's probably just a fear of, you know, like ter a terror attack or something like that. I don't know if you had like code red drills or code black or whatever they call it to in your school or wherever you're at, but that could be, you know, the trigger for a dream like that, I might imagine. Um, alternatively, I mean, like your family member's dying, that's just, again, pretty easy to interpret. It indicates that you uh, are concerned that, yeah, your family members are, are dying or, or like you feel concerned for them in general. Um, and I guess t to a certain extent, you could kind of call it an apocalypse dream. Uh, in that it feels like maybe there's a big change happening in your life. So, like, it's kind of an apocalypse dream in the sense that everyone around you is kind of dying and there's, like, a sense of mayhem. Um, but again, it's not really strictly an apocalypse dream. And then finally, being chased or attacked indicates that you might be avoiding some confrontation in real life, either from another person or situation. Um, so, I'm not sure if that's what's happening here. But again, something to consider. I mean, it seems rational to run from a terrorist attack, certainly. Okay. This is a post by a user named Scarlet Mount. The post is titled, It Was the Reality. The post reads, This happened a few weeks back and I still can't process it. I don't remember everything properly. I remember sleeping in my dream and suddenly opening my eyes. It was my room, and I don't know if I sensed something, but I was really, really scared and panicking. I was having a panic attack for sure. I was aware that I was getting a panic attack in my dream, but I was really, really scared of something in my room, which I don't remember. So I reached out to my phone, where it's near my head every night, and try calling my parents, who are just in the room across from mine. 
I was shaking and thrashing and panicking and crying and wasn't able to breathe, but when I called them and they picked up, I couldn't speak anything. I tried to scream and say something, but nothing came out. At this point, for some reason, I knew that it was a dream. I was so scared of something that I kept thrashing and moving my arms and legs wildly, trying to get up or move from my bed, but the middle part of my body wasn't moving at all. I kept screaming and tried to wake up, but nothing happened. But then, I suddenly woke up from the dream, was thrashing and moving my arms exactly how I was doing in the dream, but my middle part of my body was not moving. My eyes were open, and I was in the exact same position on my bed and was trying to scream, but this time, I could hear my screams. But a lot, sorry, but then a lot my hands pushed my arms and legs down on the bed so they could stop moving, and it held tightly to the bed. At this point, I was aware that I was awake, but I couldn't see what or who was holding me, but I felt it. My body was still jerking, trying to move my arms and legs, but those hands held me tightly. I was crying so much at this point. Then, I felt a lot of cuts and wounds all over my body, and I could feel them, and I could feel that I was losing a lot of blood at a really high rate. The pain was so much that I started screaming loudly that I couldn't hear anything, anything else over it. The scream was loud enough to have woken up my neighbors, but my parents, who were right across the room, didn't come. I felt a hand or nails or some kind of sharp tool make a huge gash on my face, and I started bleeding from there too, and my screaming got so loud that I woke up again. This time, I actually ended up waking up, but was crying and covered in sweat and my body hurt so much, as if I was actually wounded, and I kept screaming for my parents, but no one came. Eventually, I passed out and woke up as if everything was normal, but when I tried to uh, get, I felt really dizzy and I couldn't get up, and it felt like I was really sick, so my parents ended up calling a doctor for me. He checked up and told me that I had really had less blood in my body, than there should be, and I needed to be taken to the hospital to get blood put in my body. The doctors ran multiple tests but couldn't find the cause of the sudden blood loss. I had given three bags of blood in the span of a few days, but was quite healthy, and I healed and could go home. I tried to talk to my doctor about the nightmare, but nobody believed me. I had so many proofs, most essentially the fact that a lot of blood had vanished from my body for no reason. I also checked my phone after getting discharged and found that I had called my parents in real life that night, and not just in the dream when I started the panic attack, and they didn't pick up. They said that they didn't hear it, and they missed a call from me in their call log too, but they don't believe what I explained to them. I don't know if everything from the start was actually happening. Uh, or that I was just getting hurt in my nightmare uh, actually ended up with me getting hurt in real life and I don't have any wounds or anything which I can prove the blood loss to my doctor but who or what took my blood and why I haven't slept since that day and now I have insomnia 
I'm seeing a psychiatrist, but even he doesn't believe anything, so this is the only place where I could share it, and maybe someone will explain to me what happened. Hmm. That's really terrifying. I mean, I am also going to be unable to explain the blood loss, right? Like, if you don't have a wound, then it can't have, like, left your body. Uh, there was a point where you're saying that you experienced a feeling of, like, you say that, yeah, I had to given three bags of blood in the span of a few days. I'm not sure if that means that you had given blood or you received it in real life because the doctor said that your, like, blood was low. And also, I'm not sure the extent, like, how do they actually measure that, you know, in the lab? Like, that's... That's interesting to me. I mean, I, I don't really know. But anyway, in terms of interpreting the dream, um, it's definitely, I would call this like a paralysis or what's it called? Um, being unable to speak, silent scream dreams. So you feel like you don't have a voice, you aren't being heard in real life. And to an extent, we know that that's true, right? Because you actually called your parents. So you must have been having a night terror because you're able to move. Um, you called your parents and they didn't answer, so maybe subconsciously you think that, um, you know, it, like, like you won't be heard if you go to reach out for help because you're actually kind of not getting that help from your parents. Um, and then the other thing is just, yeah, being una unable to move. So like the center part of your body is stuck in place even though your arms and legs are thrashing around. And that could mean that you just feel stuck in some situation in real life or there's something about yourself that you're suppressing. What's the video about? What do you mean by that, Goatron? Which video? I'm reading nightmares from Reddit right now. If that's what you are referring to. This is a post by a user named Aaron Yeager Woof Woof. The post is titled, First Nightmare in Years Was About My Mother. The post reads, I was in my bed, half asleep, and it was a school morning. I could hear my mother moving about in my room, and I heard her open my blinds and get my school uniform together. She was being so loud and felt so angry for some reason, so I shut my eyes tight, turned back to her, and yelled, get the fuck out. Then everything went silent. It was terrifying. I looked over at where she was a moment ago and she was gone, except now it was the dead of night and I was staring at the shadowy corner of my room. Then I saw a light out of the corner of my eye. My door was wide open, a bright light shining in the background. A figure stood in my doorway. They were so tall, they had uh, to cock their head to fit under the frame. I could barely make out any of their features, but the features I could recognize were distorted and horrifying. For some reason, I knew in the back of my mind that the figure was my mother. I literally leapt back to the other side of my bed and clutched the bedsheet so hard I felt my fists shaking, and I tried to scream, except no sound came out. I kept taking huge breaths to try and scream, but there was nothing. 
I was gasping, unable to call for help as my mother ran towards me. My mother ran towards me. Then I woke up in the same position that I had been in the nightmare. Thinking about the nightmare makes me sick. Being unable to call anyone for help is so horrifying. Even though all you have to do is yell, I just couldn't do it, and that terrified me. That is an amazing nightmare. I mean, that makes me think of well, sleep paralysis, obviously, right? Because you're basically experiencing like a sleep paralysis demon, except it's within a dream, so it's not sleep paralysis. But again, I think that we can probably call this a, an imposter nightmare, right? Because you somehow knew that it's your mother, so it indicates that you suspect that the person in real life is untrustworthy or not who they appear to be. Uh, you also mentioned, though, earlier that you kind of have this fight with your mother where you yell at her. Um, and that could mean that maybe you went to bed feeling upset or something of that nature, right? And then your subconscious mind as your sleep is just producing a nightmare that's just kind of validating the feeling of, you know, being mad at your mother or feeling like you don't know her to a certain extent, right? And so that's why it's producing this uh, feeling of, you know, she is this horrifying creature. By the way, the, the description of the creature standing tall in the doorway with its head cocked so that I could fit, that was that was really creepy, really creepy. Um, but I should also, there was another thing to point out, because you mentioned it's a silent scream nightmare. That could also tie into the sort of fight with your mother idea, right? Like maybe yeah, you feel like you don't have a voice, you're not being heard in real life, so whatever the fight was that you had with her, uh, that I assume, I mean, everyone fights with their mother at some point or another, you know, with words. Um, but yeah, I assume that whatever that was probably, you know, is why you feel like maybe she's not hearing you. And that's probably the trigger for all this. If, uh, I like the mayor still likes scary stories about consequences. What is it called when it's gray? It's not a dream. It's not a nightmare. What do you mean by that? Like a neutral nightmare where it's just kind of weird? Um, I think that you could probably just call that a weird dream or just kind of a discomfort nightmare. Uh, I don't think that there's really like terminology for it, at least not that I've come across, unless that's not what you mean at all. Like if you mean a like some sort of actual gray entity, then I'm not sure. Okay. This is a post by a user named SlyTY0715. The post is titled, Extraterrestrial Demons. The post reads, Okay, so my dreams are always very detailed and messed up. Take a read. I wake up in this loud crash, and I don't know what it is or why it happened, but I just started running. I'm in the middle of nowhere, lost in the woods. I'm still running from I don't even know what. Then, all of a sudden, I see these weird, blinding lights in the sky and shining through the trees and debris around me, and I just keep running. After a few days, I'm nearing death from dehydration, and I'm beginning to get even more concerned because I haven't come across anyone or any animals. I finally come across an old and deserted town. I hear someone talking, but I can't really make it out. 
All I know is that it's a person, so I try to get to them. When I go around the next corner, I see this woman, and she resembles my grandmother. She's calling on my name, which is odd. I haven't seen her in more than a decade, and she's already passed. I begin slowly and cautiously walking towards her. I hear someone say, Don't go near that woman. I take a step closer towards her, and she transforms into this being. I do not recognize it, and it's difficult to even place any characteristics for her. It's so foreign that it's like my mind can't even make out what she is. The next thing I know, I'm being grabbed by the hand and pulled away from this entity who's about 50 yards away from me. Or feet, maybe. Sorry. Seemed like we were running for hours. When we come to a clearing and this person then introduces me to a group of people, I start asking questions. As it turns out, the world has come to an end, and this is our purgatory. This is our hell, supposedly. They say that one of the gods, Jesus Christ, came back and delivered us to this wasteland. They tell me that these beings are of extraterrestrial descent, and they were created by another god. Turns out my eternity in hell was to continuously come in contact with past loved ones, even though they were still alive when I, while I was alive. These loved ones would try to trick me, saying they love me and accept me for me, that they want to be a part of my life, that they forgave me, forgive me, that it's okay that you're gay, etc. Then I would fall for their false affirmation. I would be captured and tortured by the extraterrestrial creatures. I am to repeat this mental and physical torture for all eternity. My nightmare ends with me asking myself, how do I get out of this purgatory? How do I survive? Is this really my hell? Wow. That's really intense. Um, kind of sounds like you kind of have an idea of what this is about, though. You know, maybe just a, a worry that you're not going to be accepted by your family for your, like, sexual orientation, or maybe it's something else. But, I mean, you bother to mention that, so it's probably that. Um, yeah, that's freaky. I mean, seeing... Let's look at... We can look at seeing the dead, too. So, seeing the dead in a dream. Uh, especially, what we want to look at is someone that you know. So seeing someone that you know indicates that you're struggling with grief. So it could also just be a sense of maybe like missing your grandmother. But again, it's been 10 years and you seem to have like a, a stronger idea of what this might be than, than I do. So I think your own interpretation is probably best. It's like a neutral dream. So this is referring to gray dreams. I'm talking about what's happening in the chat, by the way. Uh, what type of dream I'll try to leave my apartment, but I was attacked by zombies. Is, uh, is that I was watching someone has a dead person. That's a long time. The dream is really detailed. Any of my words sounded horrible. Because I'm using Siri. Oh, okay. No worries. Um, so, I mean, I can actually, like, I added zombies to my dream chart, like, a little while ago. So... A dream about zombies could mean that you're experiencing overwhelming stress or extreme pressure, 
or that you had a situation that was within your control and that you by ignoring that situation it kind of fell out of your hands like it's out of your control now and the situation situation escalated to a point where you're unable to deal with it any longer um what else happened in your dream i was watching someone it's a dead person that's a long time yeah i mean i feel like i don't really have enough details to analyze it any further than that that certainly doesn't sound like a neutral dream though that sounds like a proper nightmare but yeah, I think you could just call a neutral dream like a weird dream, or a neutral dream, like what you said is, is fine. I'm going to go a little bit later today, um, because it was a longish interview, so I'll stop at 10.15. But let's try to do like one or two more. I mean, after I died from zombies, I was watching people as a ghost. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure what that would mean. You're not, are you watching like yourself, your own body, or is it just, I mean, if you're like, you're overwhelmed to the point of ceasing to exist, uh, and then, yeah, by stressed, and then maybe you just want to see like how the world reacts without you. Maybe could be something like that. It sounds interesting though. This is a post by a user named Hey, it's Echo. The post is titled, My Horrific Nightmare from the Night Before Last. The post reads, It started off simple. I was a lawyer and trying to help somebody out for some reason, and it was sort of fun. I went around a store and somebody like cartoon style dragged me around where my feet never touched the ground. And then, for some reason, it became like a really weird twisting thing where giant, mangled, and dead-looking creatures, mostly fish and marine animals, were pit against each other. Everything looked dead and past black putrefaction and just mangled. So those things were pit against each other, dogfight style, which was horrific. That's not the worst of it. A while later, more fictional-seeming things started joining, and whenever someone lost, its body was collected and sorted. I'm just mortified watching this, and a friend of mine in middle school walks up and ships me with an absolute stranger, casually, before not being a part of it anymore. Thanks, R. And then things stopped, always being aquatic creatures, sort of. All of them I just find fighting in tanks of water, but I got curious and decided to look around and came across where they kept the bodies. For humanoid, I don't know what they were, but they were humanoids. They had the same rotten, terrifying appearance with the added bonus of being horribly out of proportion, torn. Imagine you're looking at a box of Legos, but you're not gonna make a Death Star or a plane, and the Legos are much larger chunks of what you're making. What are you making exactly? Uh, so now I'm truly shook. These bodies are in pieces and just thrown together, and yet every single hideous face is staring lifelessly right up at me. I feel like I'm running for my life, but I can't. I can't move. This lasts a while until I'm dragged back away from it, presumably by angry staff or guards. 
I get pulled back just to see a massive decaying whale to be put up against chives, like green onions. There's only two bulbs and this whale is surely going to eat it and move on. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Get me right out of here right now, right now. As the whale approached, this proved to be the first humanoid I would see in the bin. As it slowly formed from innocent green onions, the whale innocently approached. Its face was the worst of all, its sunken, angry eyes, its long, fleshless face covered in blackened grey and yellow skin, its soulless expression as it stopped and just for a second stared into my eyes. My world froze. It felt like I was standing there for hours, staring at it, watching it glare down at me, its body slowly growing larger, large enough so that when it snapped away, no more than a mere second, when it started the fight, the whale lasted seconds, seconds at most. It was grabbed by a long tentacle-like limbs that still consisted of femurs and knees, void of any blood or muscle, long, skinny limbs that looked like they were built from people's legs, sewn together and left to rot, but they weren't rotting. They were ripping an equally rotten, but far less grotesque whale to pieces. After that fight, I don't remember what happened, but I didn't wake up. Not yet. I stopped and really thought about what I had just seen. I should also add that these tanks with massive animals and demons were in. The things keeping them from me and hundreds of watchers was held by together by stitches bad stitches that i put in myself with a sewing needle and a thin white thread i was told to just make it so i could couldn't pull it off the lady who assigned me this task said so if i couldn't pull it off uh sorry not so a freaking chive human water demon who stared at me in the eye before tearing a whale to pieces couldn't pull it off. If it wanted us, I think it would have gotten us. I never saw myself, mind you. It was surely not part of the dream. But what if there was a reason why it stared at me? What if there's a reason why the lady said I couldn't pull it off? What if there's a reason why nobody spoke with me, and why despite in such a crowded space, I was never near anybody? What if I was one of them? What if this dream was something I watched through the eyes of another humanoid monster? If they all just stared at me to ask why I wasn't in cages, what if it glared down at me, preparing for its next fight? All of that is mere speculation. I'm still shook, though. That's great. I mean, that's a very, very creative nightmare. Um, my th first thought, of course, naturally, is maybe you don't like green onions. So, I mean, maybe stop eating those. I'm sure that you probably have. Um, but also, like, your own... The thing that you say here, that's speculation on your part, when interpreting your own dream or your own nightmare, your speculation is probably more valuable than anyone's interpretation. So... Going on that, I could even, you know, make an assumption that this is representative of how you feel maybe people treat each other. There was another thing that I noticed that just the way that the spectators seem to be judging you and looking down upon you, it kind of reminded me of a nightmare with statues in it, which is the one at the bottom of the list here. Uh, so if there's multiple statues in a nightmare, 
that could mean that you fear judgment from others that you view as your superiors. So I think that like even though they're not statues, they're actual spectators. I do get that same similar like vibe from this dream. Like you feel like they're judging you, and they feel like they're better than you, or maybe you believe that they're better than you, and you're just one of these you know freakish monsters that's you know just meant to fight and die for their entertainment, something along those lines. Now, in terms of relating that back to the real world, I have no idea what those you know mon like people in the stands would represent. Um, I don't know what uh, the fact that they're like aquatic life represents either. I mean, there does seem to be, I kind of feel grossed out whenever you watch one of those like kind of sad documentaries about, you know, how like certain aquatic animals are treated or whatever. And like it always like there's just a kind of a pulpy quality when you see like a maimed marine animal that is kind of gross, right? Because they're in the water too, so they always kind of bloat out. I know what you mean. That's like a really gross, uh, really gross feeling. Let me check on the chat here. Where did I leave off? Okay. One time I had a dream where I was enough a very white room with plants and I was watching someone get burned alive. I don't know who they were and I don't know why I was watching. One time I was in the street in a dream, and I knew it was a dream, but I don't know why I was trying to wake up so badly. I was uh, beating my hand on the wall, maybe beating. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it means to watch someone burned alive, but that sounds horrible. Maybe just like a feeling of guilt about something. And then just trying to wake up so being like semi-lucid but unable to wake up those are brutal when you're like you know it's a nightmare but you can't wake up it adds like another level of horror to it in a way i remember i had a dream once where aliens were outside flooding my house with lights and opening doors in my hallway i could see their shadows projected on the windows i woke up that day on the living room floor instead of in my room oh no don't do that don't say that to me. <laughs> I feel like a lot of my interpretations of these nightmares are maybe it was an alien abduction. That was another thing I was actually thinking with the, the one I read earlier about the, the big moon on the black background. And the guy goes over and sees his parents at these tall figures with the glowing white eyes. Maybe he's remembering like an alien abduction or something from age three. And two of my favorite movies, which I've talked about, I think, multiple times on this podcast before, are Dark Skies and The Fourth Kind. I believe Dark Skies is what it's called, but they're both, like, alien horror movies. If you haven't seen those, highly recommend them. But, I mean, maybe not if you're getting, you know, trying not to have alien nightmares. But, yeah, waking up on the floor of your room, I'll also say, like, again, like, anytime you're moving in your sleep... Um, well, I mean, Maury, like you're, you're obviously familiar with sleep paralysis, right? But, um, basically you may have heard like at the start, and I don't know how familiar you are with this, but in REM sleep, your brain shuts down your body's ability to move. So that's why, like, basically when you wake up, you're technically still in that atonia, like of REM sleep, but in deep sleep, there is no atonia. So anytime you're moving in your sleep, that's happening in like deep sleep. So like, I guess that would have been a night terror fourth kind was amazing okay I'm, I'm glad you've seen it uh are you just so many dreams when i was young and now i barely remember any like once per year 
Well, if you're trying to remember your dreams more Gotron, it's recommended that you write them down as soon as you wake up. Um, it actually like trains that part of your brain to remember your nightmares better. Like, because you like, cause often you have this kind of grace period after you wake up where I can remember this for like the next five minutes or whatever, but I know that if I don't write it down immediately, then I'm going to forget it. And then kind of the more you write it down, you'll find that, okay, now I can actually remember them for half an hour. Now I can remember them for two hours after I wake up and you can actually remember them longer and longer the more uh, the more you write them down um, so that's that's pretty handy that's actually a, a good technique for lucid dreaming as well uh, is just to get used to like remembering your dreams and your brain starts to see them as narratives and like as experiences to be remembered anyway that's all for this week I really enjoyed tonight's stream thanks everybody for coming by uh, that made it a lot more fun just having a lot of people in the chat and thanks to Maury for uh, joining me for that interview. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you can submit nightmares to theforgottengrove at gmail.com if you wish, and I'll read them next week. Or you can just shout them out in the chat, you know, uh, if you want to stop by next week. Um, subscribe and hit the bell if you haven't already. And I'll see you next week. Until next time, embrace the beautiful dark. <laughs>